fancy shark cage. <laughs> cage goes into the water. Shark's in the water. Our shark. Our shark. <laughs> Salsa shark. Farewell, Enerud. <laughs> you. <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Welcome to the Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily, uh, and I am joined with a plethora of friends today. Uh, as always, uh, Bartholomew, welcome. Hello. Hello. Uh, and joining us today, I have uh, our Jaws experts, our panel of, uh, of Jaws aficionados. Uh, first and foremost, my lovely wife, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Hello. Welcome back. Thank Let's you. try not to maybe get divorced at the end of this one. Okay. Okay, good. And, uh, and my fabulous friend, Joe Schwartz, who uh, just recently uh, you know, helped out and contributed on the train and Monuments Men. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Daly. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so today, today we watched Jaws. Um, look, I know what you're thinking. Uh, I'm sorry. All right? That's all, that's all I can say is I'm sorry. Uh, I've, I've 31 years, and I've never watched Jaws. Uh, you have, you, now you have. And you, now I have. You, we were just saying you, you've lost your virgosity. My virgosity. It's, it's like New Horizons <laughs> open to you. World of possibilities. Indeed. Um, yeah, I really, I really have no good... Excuse? I really have no good reason. That's because there is no good excuse. Mm-hmm. I know. So I mean, like, so the only thing I can say is that um, I had, I never, I never owned it. Uh, it was never. My parents didn't own it. It wasn't in my house. Uh, <coughs> I probably avoided it for a while when I was younger because I was not like a scary movie kid when I was younger. I didn't do a lot of horror movies when I was younger, so I probably avoided it when I was younger to a certain degree. Uh, and then once I was like, yeah, I should probably watch this movie, none of my, I never had a roommate who owned it, uh, before <laughs> I lived with you, lady. Um, but none of my college roommates owned it, my roommates after college didn't own it. It's, and I think I would probably stumble onto it on TV from time to time, but it's not the kind of movie that you want to watch on TNT. Yeah, exactly. And moreover, it's also like if I, you know, if I wander in like 15 minutes into it, like, I want to watch, I want to watch that whole movie, you know? Um, and then, and after a while, I just, there's, there's no excuse after a while. Like certainly I could have got it on Netflix. It was, you know, the, it wasn't available to me. Excuse only holds up so far. Um, and after that, after that, I have no excuse. Because um, we've been it, living together for four years, so that yep. means it's been sitting on a DVD shelf in your house for four years. That is it's, legit true. It's cinematic inertia, though. Don't yeah. you have other movies like that where it's like, after a certain point, you're just embarrassed that you haven't seen it? Yes, and it just keeps going. That yeah, way. and this was like Jaws was like my number one movie that it was like I that that yeah, I should have seen this forever ago, and now I'm like embarrassed to tell people I haven't because. You know, yeah. how, do, how do you say you're a film fan when you're 30 and haven't seen Jaws? Like, yeah. that's that's hard, mm-hmm. man. Um, I still don't know how you didn't see it in high school when we projected it together. Yeah, I, I, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean. Wandered off somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Is he in the genetics I, I, Okay. Uh, so, uh, for there, those there listening was, at home. There was a pool. <laughs> there was a pool. 
Oh yeah, they did. We we showed that at the pool, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, you helped set it up. I helped set it up, but I wasn't there when we showed it. But I Obviously. did help set it up. Yeah, yeah, I don't understand. Oh god, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so Bart and I went to the same high school, obviously, uh, for those who don't know us, and um, we are, a large part of our friendship was born, friendship, friendship. Uh, was born in uh, the Audiovisual Club. Uh, Nemo wants to podcast too. Hi, Nemo. Uh, so uh, a large part of our friendship was forged in the bowels of the Milton Academy Please Science don't Building. Say anything about our friendship was forged in bowels. <laughs> forged in bowels. Yeah, that might have been an unfortunate mixed metaphor. Um, but uh, we used to show movies with day school and boarding school, so we used to show movies on the weekends. Uh, and Bart and I were frequently projectionists, or you know, would set these movies up. And uh, yeah, we showed we showed Jaws out by the pool, out by the swimming pool one day. Yeah. Um, what are you laughing at? My high school had a swimming pool. It was... There was a swim team. I mean... Was it was near a, the observatory? No, no, that was on the other side of campus. <laughs> my wife also likes to make fun of the fact that my high school had an observatory. And a genetics lab. It has a genetics lab, present tense. Whoa. It did not when we attended school. Wait, wait, it has a what? A it genetics has a genetics lab, lab Bart. Who, Your school is has it Pablo? a genetics No, lab. they... When they uh, moved... When they put up a new science building... Uh, there's a genetics lab in the new okay. science building. Lies. Swear to God, seen it, been there. Jim Carnahan gave me the tour. Oh fuck. So uh, <laughs> even I can't. No. Yeah. No, that's there's fine. No there's no no. There's there is no only shame. It yeah. Tastes like peanut butter. Indeed. <laughs> shame should taste like peanut butter. Oh, no. Um. So uh. So yeah. I there. I had a couple of opportunities to see Jaws earlier in the year. <coughs> um. In fact, Jamie. Uh, it was the first thing when we uh, when I started, and I said, you know, you're gonna choose some movies for me. It was the first thing that she wanted to show me, um, and I held off uh, only because uh, originally I had thought that it might make a good final screening for my big final screening event that's coming up, um, uh, which means I also passed on the opportunity to see it both uh, at the Coolidge. Uh, and at the Brattle earlier this summer, one of them showed it on 4th of July weekend, which is, you know, only too perfect. Um, but I passed because I was still thinking that I was gonna, it was going to be my last screening. Um, and then I made a dramatic departure and changed gears and went with Miami Connection instead. So, uh, so we said, okay, well, I'll save it for sort of the end, my end run there when I'm watching sort of the big stuff I should have seen a long time ago. Um, and uh, Jeff was uh, fortunate or, uh, you know, kind enough to uh, deliver unto me a uh, brand new Jaws Blu-ray uh, as a birthday gift. So, so thank you, sir. Cheers. You're welcome. Cheers, cheers to that. Indeed. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah. So, first of all, I don't need to say it, but this movie fucking rocks. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. I mean, although I will say, you know, there are movies that are... Everybody holds as a classic, and then you watch it and you go, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it, but I don't really need to watch that movie again, you know? We watched Ben-Hur the other night, it was very, or the other day, mm -hmm. and it's kind of similar, you know? It's like, yeah, I, I get why this is good, but, you know, it's not... And a certain contrarian, like, mindset sets in. At least yeah. for me, if, I, if I'm told I should like this, then automatically I'm looking for reasons not to like it. Mm -hmm. And so that, that Jaws can overcome that for yeah. you speaks absolutely. to its quality. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, look, there's, there's a lot to love here. And, and I think it also, uh, it certainly helps a lot being a native uh, of Massachusetts uh, and having spent a lot of my childhood on Cape Cod. Um, and on Martha's Vineyard, for that matter, uh, where they shot. So, uh, Amity is a fictional town, but it is sort of 
No, it isn't. Set, yeah. <laughs> Not it's, so much. It's no. Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, it's, it's, it's clearly Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I've spent a lot of time there uh, in, as a kid, and um, I've never encountered a shark, but uh, that's that's fine. I mean, it still, it still feels Yet. like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm just, just putting myself out there. Uh, but, it, you know, it's, it feels very much like familiar territory. Uh, we did get a manatee once. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Um, it, it, it reminded me of uh, when we saw uh, The Way, Way Back earlier this summer, which was another movie I really, really loved. But that was also, you know, shot down on the Cape. And, you know, just the fact that they're actually, sh- that they actually shot there. And, I mean, it, they capture that essence of that location very well. So that feels very familiar to me. Um Yet I grew up in Colorado. Yeah, I was going to say you're, you you couldn't be any farther removed. Did not see the ocean until I was eleven, wow. and had seen Jaws by the time I was eleven, yeah. and I remember that the distinctly like the first time being at the ocean, and it was the Atlantic Ocean. It was in Florida, mm. but it was like that was what I was thinking. I was like terrified to, to yeah. venture too far out, you know. Sure. So it so it literally kind of scarred. It you. defined what the ocean was for me for a you know for a wow. long time. Yeah, I, gonna, yeah. And, I remember. My mother telling me, because my mother would have been in her early 20s when the movie first came out, and she was legit terrified of the water for a while after mm. she first saw it. Um, I was reading a thing that they have pegged this movie to a serious decline in bookings, like in the Cape Cod area. Oh, the summer oh, after it came really? out, I bet. there was a huge I drop in business, and some restaurants were putting up signs that said things like, eat fish, get even. <laughs> Just <to laughs> try to like, drag people mm-hmm. in. I like that. Um, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot to love here. Um, I think the, the structure of it is uh, a little... It, it's, it surprised me a little bit um, because, again, it's that thing where, you know, these movies, the classics like Jaws, you get a, uh, a sort of image in your head of what the movie is so mm-hmm. again like when we watched ben-hur uh you know jamie and i both had this sort of moment where we both you hear ben-hur you think chariot races right it's you think races. ancient roman guy yeah. in the chariot races and and that's what you think of that's like 15 minutes of the movie and all the rest of the movie is full of jesus it is and i mean it's literally you know? it's ben-hur a story of christ mm-hmm. uh, and i had we no had idea. Of us had any idea we were just i, yeah. there like, I warned you about the movie i thought i was going I to be watching warned you about the jesus though. <laughs> that's true and i had totally no forgotten about with it him. yeah no, <laughs> that is words to live by sir um yeah so but uh, so again with jaws i thought it was interesting because you, you hear Jaws, you think of the guys in the boat mm-hmm. out hunting the shark. So mm-hmm. you kind of assume that the, you know, the beach stuff at the beginning is just sort of your, like, first 20 minutes, right. you know, just to, you know, get them out there. There's an attack or two, and then they go out and hunt this shark. Uh, no. I mean, it's a, you know, it's not a short movie anyway. It's like two hours. Mm-hmm. But the whole, I mean, it's, it's an hour into the movie before you ever see the shark. Mm-hmm. You get all that first-person shark vision, which is... Fantastic, obviously. Yes, of course. But it's a little. It's just over an hour. The first time you actually get any kind of glimpse of the shark, um, and and it's even longer than that before they actually get out on the boat and, and mm. go out. Um, but it's they. But both sections work. You know, um, it's not like you're sitting there, especially, and that's sort of the danger of watching it from this position, which is like that you sit there going, when are they going to get on the boat? When are they going to go out? And, when are they going to be out in the water and go hunt the shark? Uh, but no, the, all the beach stuff is so good. 
Well, and I think the beach stuff sets up the stakes, you know, yeah. and like, and that's one of the things that I feel like a lot of my comments will come back to that, but there's a, there's a great book called Blockbuster, How Hollywood Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Summer. Hmm. It's, a, it's a good book. You should hmm. read it. And Jaws is, you know, obviously the inciting well, yeah. blockbuster, exactly. the er blockbuster. <laughs> and, but unlike so many subsequent blockbusters, Jaws takes its time, yeah. you know, and I feel like in a modern version of that, we get out on the water quicker. Exactly. And we wouldn't spend as much time with those characters and you know like there there wouldn't be as much investment in what happens so i think that's one of the many reasons it you know stands apart no that absolutely that's absolutely right and you know and spielberg really plays with your expectations and your sort of perception out there um in terms of you know when the shark is going to attack and when he's mm -hmm. not going to attack and uh the, oh, you got the bit with the kids with the shark fin mm -hmm. which as you know i said something like oh you know this i bet it's you know it's got this is going to be kids with a shark fin right and you turn well yeah there's no music playing yes exactly yeah. which is great you know and you you like you feel that something mm -hmm. isn't right like you know it's not going to be the shark and you don't even necessarily know why yeah. and it's because there's no every other time the shark is around you mm -hmm. get that music and that music is so great. I mean, it's obviously, amazing. there's the dun 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 cue, mm -hmm. but everything else the rest about of it, it, yeah, yeah, it no, really, it really fucking works. Amazing. Well, the, the other thing about the slow reveal of the shark, I think, is that it plays very well with the fear that you have as just as a person who is afraid of because you're not mm -hmm. you're not really afraid of the water. Yeah, you're afraid of everything that you can't see that's in the water. Exactly. And so exactly by, right. by, you know, at the very beginning, I was saying, where they're showing, you know, the dog, and then there's the, the, yeah. there's the kid, there's the mm -hmm. kid on the floaty, and then there's the, like, morbidly obese woman. Yep. And it's like, who's gonna get you? <laughs> yeah. And it's, and yep. the thing is, you just don't know because you can't see anything. It's the mm -hmm. it's the blindness that really exactly. scares you, and so the slow reveal plays into that. Yeah, and it fakes you out a few times in that scene. There's the the couple that are screaming yep. out there, and, and that whole scene that whole scene is so well executed. It, All the natural wipes on oh, the, the camera, natural wipes. and it, oh. like, and like whether it's there's just using it to zoom in on mm -hmm. Brody or to cut back and forth. I mean, yeah. it's. And it, it makes you feel like you're literally sitting there on the beach. It feels like you're Brody, like, craning your yes. neck around this guy to see mm -hmm. the water, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, and it also, something about it reminded me of, uh, even though it's basically the exact opposite, it reminded me of Star Wars and Lucas's, like, constant use of, like, wipe frames. Yeah. No, and it's true. Up and down. I, I mean, it's never that. a natural wipe, but it's mm -hmm. always, like, you know, one frame literally moves in across the other one. Uh, yeah. It feels a lot like that. But that's, like, very consciously old-fashioned. Yeah, and no, this, exactly. And this feels, like, very naturalistic. Yeah. And it's used in a way that is so, like, subtle that you have to see it several times or be very familiar with the language of film exactly. in order to, like, notice it. Yeah. But once you do, it's, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Works, you, works great. Your first time in, it just feels like you're just immersed and you, you don't even mm -hmm. almost understand why. Um yeah, that whole that whole sequence is just is just so well executed, mm -hmm. and then the you know, and then you've got the uh, the great bait and switch uh, mm -hmm. later where uh, everybody's out in the water, and then the sharks the sharks way over here yes. in the pond, you in know, the pond, right? Um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty fantastic, and I'm really curious to see. Um, we were kind of talking about this earlier, but uh, I, I'm I am curious to dig into some of the sequels now um, because I've seen. Parts of the third one, um, mostly the hilarious parts of the third <laughs> one. The third one, for those of you who uh, haven't seen it, uh, Jaws three or Jaws three D. Uh, it takes place in a basically Sea World, um, and uh, there's a lot of 
really hilarious 3D gimmickry going on. Um, gimmickry? I don't think that's a word. But, no, uh, it is. Uh, it is. Our, gimmickry? Yes. I love it. I love it. I, I, yeah, I just made it so. Um, so, uh, indeed, thank you. Uh, so, but uh, Jamie bought, I mean, I'd seen it a couple times, or I'd seen bits and pieces of it before, but Jamie bought it for me for my birthday last year because it came out in 1983. She got me all movies that came out the year I was born. Um, but I have, like, sort of vague recollections of it, but mostly what I remember is that shot at the very end of the shark like swimming towards the observation window <laughs> that where it's just this kind of boring shot of a shark like slowly getting larger coming straight at you which in 3d probably looked fucking awesome but like when you're just watching it on tv is like <laughs> why is this shark moving really slowly um that but is- but I'm sorry, it just makes me think of uh, Back to the Future. The, the Yo, yeah, yes, like, the Jaws still, 19. Still looks fake. <laughs> yeah, it just still looks fake, exactly. Uh, and, uh, but, but the, I, and I don't know, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen really any of the second one, but I know that Roy Scheider's in the second I've one. I've seen the second one, but I don't remember it. But it, it so apes the structure. Yeah. Right? Especially the parts at sea. And, and it's even not the, Spielberg, right? It's, no, no. It's, he's it's, like... It's, being, yeah. Right, no, exactly. But is it, I mean, is it anybody? Is it anybody of note? I don't think it's... I don't know. It's probably like some... One yeah, internet. Jamie to the internet. Um, but yeah. And even... But I remember like the way that he kills the shark in yeah. the end is super similar to this. Yeah. It's like they really just tried to do the exact same thing twice. I, but, well, the thing I remember hearing, because I, it always stuck out as me as being such a weird choice, is that uh, Roy Scheider's in it, but and he's I think he's playing the same character, but it's like he has no memory of the first movie ever happening. Like, he gets caught in this shark story again, but it's not like, well, the last time I did blah, 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 and there's no, like, he doesn't bring anything with him from the first movie. It's just like also happens to be Roy Scheider, which seems yeah. like a peculiar choice. Yeah, to say the least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to, to dig into some of the Jaws movies, but kind of in the same way I was curious after, and I haven't gotten a chance to, obviously, uh, for when I watched the first uh, uh, Friday the 13th movie. Mm-hmm. And it's so unlike what I think of as Friday mm-hmm. the 13th that you go, well, how did... How did they get from here to there? You know. Yeah. Um, so now, now, now I'm curious. Now this I'm might be an interesting one. sidebar, but like, I feel like Jaws is one of those movies where the shitty sequels do, does not affect the movie at all. Right. And so I wonder if there are other movies, other series where that is true, hmm. where like the first or the first two maybe are mm-hmm. awesome, the subsequent ones maybe not so much, and and yet it doesn't affect those good ones. We were kind of talking about that. Uh, Bart and I were kind of talking about this the other night when we were talking about RoboCop um, mm. because RoboCop is, there are three movies, there was a TV show. And I show. forget that there's three RoboCop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because the first movie is one of the best movies ever made and you don't remember anything about the other two because yeah. they're, they, the drop they in quality aren't. is astounding, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and there was a TV show that nobody really remembers. And there were, I actually discovered there were some like direct to DVD movies. There's like four or five of them that are only like two or three years old, oh, yeah? um, which I didn't hear anything about at the time. But I was literally looking for Robocop on Netflix to see what was streaming, see if any of the sequels were streaming. And there are these like little direct to DVD movies from like 2010 or 20, 2009 really? or something like that. Yeah, there's like three or four of them. And I was like, well, why have I never heard of these? And I kind of want to watch these. I bet they're <laughs> terrible. Oh, yeah. But they don't, you don't, you know, it doesn't have any bearing on the first yeah. one, you know? You watch the first one, you don't feel like you need to have any involvement in it mm. after that point, you know? Well, yeah, it's just because Jaws feels like 
like its own thing and its own universe, and the sequels almost just feel like they yeah. they're in a parallel universe. Exactly. You know? Jaws two for those of you who are interested. Same screenwriter mm. and Gottlieb. Sh- yeah, and Roy yeah. Scheider, and then different everything else. Yeah. The director has gone on to just do like a crap ton of TV. Yeah, and probably. If you've heard of it on TV, he's done it. Oh, okay. No. Um, <laughs> but he's done like Castle and Supernatural and Bones uh, and Grey's he's Anatomy. He's one of those journeyman TV directors. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, his name is Geno Schwartz. Not mm. no relation. Different Schwartz, different yeah. spelling. Um, right. Yeah, Boston Public, everything. Like hmm. everything on TV, he has directed multiple hmm. um, episodes. But, well, there you well go. good for yeah. him. Apparently, it's you know another shark attacks Amity, and nobody wants to believe him. They think he's just paranoid because of the first time. Uh, uh, right, it's coming back. But a then bit. I think he has to like his son goes out on a boat, and the shark is trailing them, uh, and he has to go after him by mm-hmm. himself because no one will believe him, and because Hooper is in the Arctic Circle. I.e. we couldn't get Richard Dreyfuss. I, yeah, he's Richard he's off with the aliens no. yeah, right now. Exactly. He's, yeah. he's off, you know. Dreyfus is still with Spielberg he's, he's and Scheider is pissed yeah. off on Martha's Vineyard right now. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, guys? Uh, yeah, he's waiting for Sequest to happen. <laughs> Which, I guess... A, I love Sequest. I love Sequest, too. And that's the thing. Talking me, Dolphin? How could you not love... When I was 12, a talking oh, yeah. dolphin with a uh, submarine that looks like a spaceship, mm-hmm. how could I not love that fucking I, show? That was a good show. Uh, so, that, but again, that's one of those things that kind of works in my favor, like, going watching this mm-hmm. back now, because I see Roy Scheider, and I immediately think Sequest. Yeah. Like, that was his first... The first impression he made on me <laughs> yeah. when I was younger. So, just seeing Roy Scheider out on the water just inherently it made me right. happy. Well, he's got that leathery face. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I like to think that it's Roy Scheider's character from The French Connection, and that he somehow ended mm, up in, uh, there you go. in Martha's Vineyard. I buy that. That actually feels like Some plausible. intertextual, like, 70s movie. Exactly. You know, no, that... Alternate history. Now, now I want to watch The French Connection. <laughs> oh, it's an awesome movie. So, I love that movie. Yeah. There's a bunch of other stuff that, again, you sort of appreciate. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered if I had watched it. Well, I shouldn't say that. What I was going to say is it wouldn't matter if I had watched it as a kid, uh, but it really does. The All of the sort of weird throwback 70s behavior like smoking in hospitals <laughs> or uh, yeah. smoke a button and then throw it into the ocean and nobody gives a shit you know just the fact that the hero can smoke i mean yes that, that exactly. cannot happen that is not kosher anymore exactly. you know they would be the villain yeah you know uh and i yeah it, it, that's it's funny because i don't i mean obviously i've been watching this movie since i was a child and i don't even notice that yeah stuff. me neither yeah i don't know but that's the, that's the kind of stuff that you look. I, I mentioned during the movie. You know, one of my favorite running jokes in the original Anchorman is that they just constantly litter through the movie. <laughs> yeah. They'll all be like walking down the sidewalk, like eating food, and they'll like throw like half-eaten burritos or just mm-hmm. like paper and like cups. They're just like throw it on the ground when they're done because nobody gave a shit about littering in the seventies. Uh, so I, I always love that stuff. It's, you know, I mean, today it's like, you know, when you watch, uh, oh, I need to get to a payphone or, mm-hmm. you know, there are whole movies uh, from, you know, back in the seventies and eighties that, you know, center around the fact that so-and-so can't get to a phone or they need yeah. to get to a phone, which mm-hmm. is like that movie doesn't, you can't have that movie anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. So the characters, uh, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's the thing. So you've got three three uh, essential heroes and uh, it, you know what it, rem- it kind of reminded <laughs> me of <laughs> well obviously we all know where this is going and I gotta figure something out quick what I love about the sort of divide between Hooper Brody and Quint it reminded me a lot 
of Kirk, Spock, McCoy. Yeah. You've mm. got like the three different How did I never think of that? Sides. Yeah. Every yeah. episode of the original. Uh, no, but I'm a, I am. Yeah, actually. It is. Oh, yeah. And a, okay. a Trekkie to boot. Yeah, indeed. Uh, th- so every, I mean, if you're not, if you're not a big Trek nerd out there, um, every episode of the original series basically ends with Kirk, Spock, McCoy on the bridge of the ship and they like have their little like lesson and mm-hmm. you know, Spock is logic and McCoy is emotion and Kirk kind of bridges the two. Um, and yeah, I mean, Hooper is all intellectualism mm-hmm. and, and, and Quint is all briny sea captain <laughs> and, 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 uh, Brody's kind of in, in between the two yeah. a little bit, you know, he has the sense to say we should be closing down the beaches, we should do this stuff, but he can also, you know, has the chutzpah to blow up a shark at the mm-hmm. end, you know? Um, but I also think that's really interesting because for him, uh, you know, he's... I mean, he's basically our our guy, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's our guy for the movie, but for a lot of the movie, he, I mean, he's afraid to go out on the water, yep. basically, like, he's kind of a cowardly, I shouldn't say cowardly, he's a terrified hero, mm-hmm. you know? He's um, a reluctant hero, a reluctant. or a reluctant mm-hmm. hero. Indeed, indeed. Um, but what I love about the characters is, I, I see their types, and I see how they fit into that, but yeah. they, like, they go deeper than that, and I feel like that's another thing that Jaws takes care of with that so many subsequent blockbuster action summer movies could give a shit about, mm-hmm. if, you know, I mean, like, Quint especially so belongs in that, like, 70s, you know, yeah. like, he's such a character of the 70s, Absolutely. and those, those kinds of movies that Spielberg's contemporaries are making, he's... Yep dark and weird and like goes off on these you know stream of consciousness tangents and yeah you know like he is not you know he's not a product of you know a whole bunch of people getting together in a room and saying what do audiences want yeah exactly right this is not a character by committee none of them are but especially him and they all have kind of a you know a secondary layer underneath Mm -hmm. you know yeah hooper is sort of this you know i I would certainly want to call him a, a bookworm but you know he's He's learned. He's, mm-hmm. he's he, you know, he's an expert on sharks. But he also, uh, I mean, he's also apparently very wealthy, which is kind of like it's just kind of a nice throwaway, little, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, throwaway yeah. Like, texture to that character. But he also, you know, he spends time on boats. Like he's yeah. not afraid mm-hmm. to get in the water and to do shit. He's happy to get in the shark cage. He's, he's not a like diver. exactly. Mm-hmm. He's not like uh, uh, fucking. Uh, <laughs> oh, I hate when that happens. No, 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 no. no. Uh, uh, okay, just an academic. <laughs> nope, I got it. Uh, he's like Indiana Jones of the sea. No, no. What I was gonna say is he's not like James Spader in Stargate, who's like an intel. Like he's afraid to go out and do shit. You know, mm-hmm. like he's. I want to just stay here and fucking translate stuff all day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's able to actually like. I like put his Indiana money in Jones of the sea. Well, yes, indeed, he is very. Seems much. more fitting. Yes, yes. no, absolutely. Um, so, uh, and the same with Quint though as well, you know, he, he's, he's, that introduction, first of all, that chalkboard scene, (laughs) holy fuck, um, and I've been racking my brain, because there's something, some movie or some TV show that I really love that literally just did a, like, straight up parody of that. And I didn't realize that's what it was until way later, and I can't it think of what like the fuck a it was. Thing. I was yeah, but say. it wasn't. It was definitely real people. I almost want to say it was community, but I don't think it was community. But it was definitely real. There were definitely real humans in the room. Um, 
But another thing, too, with the characters that I love, and this is the thing in that, that blockbuster book, which he talks about how, like, you know, you have the moments like the, the finger steepling with, yes, the, with, the, kid, with, with yeah. the kid. And, you know, all the amazing scene at the boat where they're telling the stories and showing their scars. Mm-hmm. Like, you have, I think the way he the author puts it, it's like you have character moments that you would find in, like, a John Cassavetes movie. Absolutely. And then, like, a shark that blows up. You know? Yeah. And the things that come <laughs> together is what makes Jaws so great. No, that's... That's, that's absolutely what right. I think Spielberg does so well. Yeah. That's part of why I don't understand why some people have decided it's cool to hate on Spielberg because he does this like popcorn stuff. Because even his most blockbustery, actiony, just fun movies are full of moments like that. That's and true. I think was it you and I, Jeffrey, were talking the other day about like the amazingness that is Spielberg that he could do something like Schindler's List and Jurassic Park like, in, in the, the same, same year. year yeah. You know, and it's just like that is amazing. Yeah. And so it's like you look at, I mean, like, and I'm, uh, my coming to Jaws was that I first saw it when I was in college and I was a film student and I was taking a class on Spielberg. And yeah. so we literally watched everything Spielberg made. Um, so I'm a little bit biased because I was coming in it in an academic sense the first time I saw it. And then also like in a sense where I was supposed to be looking at it very critically, but just as like an early film student when they like try to teach you about composition and mm. framing a shot and all the things that have to go into a shot in terms of like the lighting and the blocking and everything and i feel like you can pause any scene in jaws and mm-hmm. it's like a masterwork painting yeah, yeah. any scene absolutely any scene and that and is the brilliance of spielberg what's what we talked about even in his lesser movies the man cannot compose a bad shot yeah he just can't even duel you're watching yeah, duel, duel. And you're like, we gotta talk about shit. duel yes <laughs> how duel is the like predecessor of, of jaws yeah it is duel is jaws with trucks yeah. basically it's yeah. amazing or Shark Jaws is is Jaws. duel with a shark. Yeah, exactly, you know? or vice versa. Yeah. Except a little bit sillier. It's yes. hard to be afraid of the ghost truck. What's well, not I a don't ghost know, that, truck? That truck is fucking I'm terrifying. I'm not that afraid of ghost truck. It's not a ghost truck. It's a real truck. Yeah, I've just... seen it. Okay, but, but you... I'm saying when it's a creepy truck that seems to be stalking you uh, indiscriminately. Okay. okay, but okay. So here's that's something as interesting though. Possessed by some sort of spirit. <laughs> okay, but that's that's interesting because that's that's something else that I wrote down here is. Uh, you know, Jaw the the shark is obviously he's fucking huge, mm-hmm. and he seems to possess. You know, I certainly wouldn't say he possesses like otherworldly powers, but you know, he's 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 not your character. He's not just any old shark. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I, I literally wrote he borders on having bluesmobile esque <laughs> like superpowers. You know, uh-huh. or just. He the, the car can jump the bridge. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's the Bluesmobile. You know, the shark can come up over the top of the boat. Why? Because he's fucking Jaws. That's why. And take down three barrels. Exactly. <laughs> no, no big deal, right? Um, and I, I think that's you know that's that was really interesting to me that he. I mean, he really does kind of skirt that line because mm-hmm. I feel like it, you know he didn't wouldn't have to go that much further. But had he gone a little bit, just a little bit further, um, where you know. The shark literally like pulling the boat around, say mm-hmm. for example. Um, Old man in the sea. Yeah, I mean it, that may have been a bridge too far. I feel yeah. like you know. But that's what's so great about how the shark is unseen for so much of it, because that plays on our own irrational fears. And when things are irrational, like we don't, you know, we're not thinking of what's, you know, what is plausible in this circumstance. Exactly. Like we, you know, we're just terrified, and that's what Spielberg plays so well on in Duel and in a lot of movies. Well, yeah. yeah well, here's, like, here's a question from someone who's just seen this once now. Before you actually saw the shark, yeah, 
was because I mean we the three of us we knew how big the thing is. Yes. Did you in your head was the shark bigger or smaller than it actually turned out to be? Um. Well, what I'll say is hi, hi Nemo. <laughs> uh, what I'll say is uh, I think he's probably a little bit bigger. I mean, I know this. Okay, so the famous line: uh, "We're gonna need a bigger boat." Um, you're gonna need a bigger boat. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Thank you. Um, something about. I mean, I I didn't for some reason I, that I never took that line literally. Oh yeah. You know, I always just took that as like, uh, it's a big you know, show. yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, he literally is essentially the size of that boat, uh, yeah. which I yeah, he, that he was a. He was a tad larger than I expected him to be. Because I remember when, I think the first time you actually see the shark, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Jeff, but it's in the pond, right? Yeah. 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 And the can, water and he's coming like into that sideways. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you went, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially because it takes so long. It's like a full hour that when you finally start to see the shark, you're like, oh my God, that's fucking awesome. Like the fact that he can live up to that like expectation is what is great. And the fact that like, you know, 40 years later, like, I mean, you know, the, the thing that's always, uh, you know, people rag on Jaws for, it's like, oh, the yeah. shark is fake. It's mm -hmm. like, and it didn't work. Yeah. And yeah. I think the behind the scenes. Bruce, and the shark's form, name was Bruce. Yeah. I so love, how could you not love the shark? Name, like Bruce. Yes, <laughs> but like I don't know. Like for me, like watching it, and I think it's partly because a it's not shown that much, yep. and and you know when it is shown, it's shown very strategically. But I think it's pretty convincing. Like I feel like if it was yeah. the deep blue sea CGI sharks, like those are just comical and silly. And the it, I don't know, it's terrifying. I, still I think, think practical always looks better. Always, yeah, looks no, better. always looks better than CG. And and. Something that is helpful is a lot of the like purely underwater stuff is real sharks. Right. You know, like they Especially really did at the send end. people underwater, like with the cage scene. Yeah, yeah, that um, cage where really it's flipping. Did, yeah, yeah, they really send people underwater with cages to film real sharks mm -hmm. attacking the cages. You know, so it's like and they're big ass sharks. Yeah, and so like having <laughs> got that lucky. stuff spliced in is very mm -hmm. very helpful. Yeah, yeah, but no, I mean, I know I've also certainly heard that criticism over the years of the shark. You know, the shark still looks fake. Thank yeah. you, Marty McFly. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean. I think for the most part, he actually looks pretty good. I mean, yeah. there's there are a couple of shots in there where it sort of feels like he doesn't look like he's moving very much, where mm. he just sort of seems to be floating past the Maybe. boat, and like there yeah. isn't a lot of, you know... Right, writhing. Yeah, serpentine motions, let's mm -hmm. say. Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, I... It works. Mm. And never, there, at no point was I going, eh, fuck that shark. You know, mm. like, the, the, the shark is... He... he but it's believable. It, it feels, you know, in that, in that. It doesn't feel out of place, you that know? And I think he does such a beautiful job of setting you up to be afraid of the shark that I guess for some people it could go the other way. You could say, like, oh, I was so ready to be afraid of the shark, and then I saw the shark, and it wasn't very scary. Right. But I feel like you're so primed to already be afraid because of how brilliantly he's introduced the shark and the shark attacks and like the big you know geysers of blood mm -hmm. pouring into the ocean. oh yeah, yeah. Yes. exactly by the time you actually get to like the shark really being there he feels like a real present threat yeah. and so it's hard to not be afraid of him when you've already seen what he can do and like had that suspense yeah when that first kid the kid alex the kid on the raft goes oh, yeah. down like oh my god just pouring some yeah. red explosions yeah. underwater. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I love movies with just 
buckets of blood. I mean, and, and then he got away with that in '75. Yes, yes. It's a PG the movie. Child That's astounding. I know. Child. Well, to be fair, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was either PG or R at that it point. It was, right? but so like, yeah, there was he no wasn't jaws bloodier R. than Psycho. You know, no, I mean, I know they're different decades. He didn't, he didn't decades, show but, like the actual, you know, yeah, I guess. grossness. He was judicious about it. But had there been a PG-13, I don't think this would have been PG. But there yeah, was an for sure. At the time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's we'll jump backwards a little bit because uh, you were talking about your Spielberg class and sort of that stop any frame in Jaws and it's gorgeous. You know, there's a, and there are a couple uh, specifically. There's that that just floored me. Uh, there's a couple shots that just absolutely floored me. But specifically, the one that I will like n- always remember, I think, is that one shot of Quint at yes. the front of the boat. You made, yes. a, you yeah. made audible noises. You were, it you was were moaning in an almost sensual <laughs> way. It was. I mean, it was like, it's like physically affecting. He's got the sun setting behind him, mm-hmm. so he's all, it's all silhouette. He's just sort of hanging Yeah, there. he's yeah. hanging on the two railings that are coming mm-hmm. from the outside of the frame and going in towards the yes. center Smith of the frame. Exactly. Uh-huh. He's had this horrifying experience, but you know he's loving every second. Yeah, of and he's got that wry grin on his face. Oh, yeah. it's fabulous. Yeah. Um, the and you and the crazy shooting star that happens too, mm-hmm. and you said that was real. That's Supposedly, like, yeah, that is a real shooting star that just happened to like and go two off of them. behind. Yeah, them. yeah. It's, it's and, and different footage of the same moment. The same, yeah. All, 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 I, read, all yeah. I read was that that was a real shooting star, and like I am a font of Jaws trivia. And that was yes. one of my tidbits. Is that supposedly that is a real. Shooting star. It was not CG. They were just filming him in a shooting star shut off behind mm. him. It's so amazing. Like, right. It's absolutely amazing. And then he kind of mirrors those shots later in Close Encounters with the yep. the, the ships shots yeah. and those shooting stars. But it's very yeah. You know, uh, the the other thing I noticed is there's a lot of really long takes in this yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The ones that I mean, it goes throughout. I mean, certainly a lot of the stuff. Uh, when it's like the three of them in the boat, you know, swapping scars yep. and yep. the Indianapolis story. and Well, he, see, and that's what a smart director does. You know, he knows he's got gold there. Just plant the camera and let them do their thing. Exactly. Like, there's no need to cut. There's no need for coverage and exactly. that kind of stuff. Exactly. You know? By the way, I don't think I, like, people would talk about Pan and Skin, and I didn't think I fully appreciated what it was until the first time I saw Jaws on TV after having seen it in yeah. a class. Like, in our classes at USC, when we had film classes, they were in a movie theater, essentially. Yeah, so, like, you were, I've been in that room. You were watching. Nice. Well, but for the people. Yes, no. Um, and so, for like, you were watching it on, like, a proper movie screen. And so, the first time I saw Jaws on TV after having seen it in class is when I fully understood Pan and Skin. Yeah. Because... I can't tell you what that scene looks like on like TBS, the oh, Indianapolis yeah. scene. Ooh. It literally is just like sliding like oh, very God. forcefully oh. from one person to the oh. other. And it was like the first time I really like noticed the difference. And yeah. I was like, oh Jesus. You know what it was for me the first time I noticed Pan and Skin? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's the, the shot lobby. where they all walk into the lobby of the hotel and Egon always gets cut out of the <laughs> shot. Where's Egon? <laughs> He's not there because I got to fucking pan and scan him over and then swing over when he has a line. It's ridiculous, um, but yeah, no. There's the there's obviously all the stuff on the ship, but then there's also uh, the scene at the dinner table when uh, when Hooper comes over with the line. I wanted um, to talk about that, but what yeah. were you going to say? No, I was just saying, that, that again. That's like that's all one big moment, and it's mm-hmm. a great like back and forth between all of them. Well, and I think what I noticed, and you know, I've seen this movie half a dozen times or more, but in that scene, like the where he plants the camera when he does cut, because mm-hmm. he does cut in that mm-hmm. scene. You always you feel like your 
you're at that dinner table. And I feel like he yes. does that at several moments. Like, it's it's also, you could say Jaws is kind of what Quentin Tarantino would call, like, a hangout movie. And, yeah. like, these are your friends, and you are, the way he puts the camera makes you feel... You're like, you're standing in the circle with right, him. Right, and you are you have that big-ass glass of wine. Exactly. <laughs> with Quentin, or not Quentin, uh, with Brody and, yep. and Hooper. The and, yeah. same thing applies in the other one that really stood out for me, which is uh, early on with the... the uh, billboard when they're standing when they're standing from mm. the billboard that has the yes. graffiti on it. Oh, that really mm-hmm. low yeah, that you can only yeah. really see their heads. Yeah, but it yeah. starts out like with their way over here and they're just talking and then it follows them over oh, towards and they, the billboard right. and right. and that's one big lunch. But it but it's that same thing. Like mm-hmm. you sort of it's like the three of them standing in a circle and you feel like the fourth guy in that circle. You mm-hmm. know, just like watching this conversation happen, yeah. which is which is really great. Mm-hmm. There's a really great mix of of tones throughout the movie too, yes. um, mm-hmm. where I mean it really does swap from you know like humor to terror and like or you know hilarity to like absolute dread like mm-hmm. in the in the blink of an eye. The scene where they're comparing scars. Yeah, I always exactly. I always know what point we're in the movie. Like when that comes, I'm like, oh, the shark is coming. We're yes. it's the finale. It's coming up because I know. Time. And it, it, but it transitions so seamlessly. Yeah. you know, from that, it does not feel jarring. No, no, and it's and it's such a great like that. That execution is so is so smart because they're you know they're singing the song and they're banging on the table and whatnot, mm. and the shark is banging in rhythm essentially, yes. so you can't hear it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. and it literally it's like the blink of an eye. It goes from like. I want to just watch them like hang out and sing this song for a couple of minutes. Yeah. So holy shit, the boat's gonna sink! Like yeah. in the span of like ten seconds. Yeah. Um, and that's. I mean, and I mentioned that I said that early on too. There's like, can when they're like packing up the boat, and it's like, can this whole movie just be Robert <laughs> Shaw singing limericks while you know uh, uh, Richard Dre- uh, Richard Dreyfus just hangs out to the side and, and like giggles to the camera? Like Jesus, I would I would watch two hours of that. Um, yeah. So uh, and and then the the Indi- the Indianapolis monologue again. Um, I mean, obviously it's brilliant, but it it, it sort of gives that extra layer mm-hmm. to Quint um, yes. because mm-hmm. he's yeah. So he's this sort of salty, you know, seaman. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but uh, he's but killed dozens upon dozens upon dozens of sharks, yeah. right? With a sort of like crazy tunnel vision that makes everyone think he's a lunatic. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, but, yeah. well, no, but then yeah. you find out. He's got he this wonderful lies. motivation yeah. behind him. Yeah, yeah, no, he becomes he becomes almost like a tragic character in that yes. moment. It's like, it, I mean, it's a, it's a really strong reversal. It's great. But yeah. I think it's also interesting because you, you've got Quint, who like obviously was a far more traumatic experience, but like his response to, to the Sharks and the Indianapolis and what he did yeah. versus Hooper who also became interested in sharks because he was attacked by one. That's true. And mm-hmm. yet he comes out of it and it was a very different experience. He was fine. He yep. didn't see anyone get killed or anything. Yep. But he comes out of it like, I love sharks. Mm-hmm. You know, and like as much as he understands why they have to go kill the sharks, has like a reverence for them and is so fascinated and interested and excited by them. And yeah. so it's interesting to have those like two very... Well, in Brody, different experiences, but then they, you know. Well, in Brody, he's not afraid of sharks specifically. I mean, he is, but yeah. it's not it's rooted in anything. Yeah. But he's afraid of the water. He's and of everything in the water. Yeah, and so the they all have their kind of neuroses that they're bringing to it. Yeah, I think they've got these sort of you know, uh, you know two sides of the coin. He's mm-hmm. afraid of the water, but he lives on an island. Yeah, you know? it's only an island if you look at it from. <laughs> Which is one way to realize the movie. Like I write down little pull quotes. Uh, it's only an island if you look at it from the water. Yeah. That I I love that. I want to like get that tattooed on my. Forehead. 
forehead. <laughs> like, that's amazing. But I just also love that, again, it just depends on your perspective, because it's like you could hear that line and be like, oh, yeah. It's interesting. Yes, it does pretend, pre- depend on your perspective. But then just the way that Hooper hears it, like, like bursts out. Like, yeah. <laughs> Dude! Yeah, no, it's great. Um, we probably won't get much, won't devote much time to it, but I also love the relationship between Brody and his wife. And that mm. feels like another thing that is not, like, you know, not present in a lot of, you know, current, you know, versions of this kind of kind blockbuster of things, yeah. movies. Yeah. It seems like a very real relationship and they have like, they're very sort of tender with each other, but they joke. And I love, one of my favorite lines is, you know, want to get drunk and fool around. Like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're just, you know, and it's played so deadpan. Yeah. And then the, you know, the scene at the table with Hooper and the wine and everything like it's, you know, I just, I like that relationship. Yeah. And it I, feels like a relationship and built it, on shorthand. Yes, know? exactly. Like a real relationship. Right. And like, that's, you know, yet another thing that distinguishes Jaws is that it's a movie with adults as its characters, you know, it's not, you know, it's not, we're not looking at the teenagers, which is why it's another great fake out. That first scene, we think we're in for like a B horror movie yeah, you know, with yeah. the teenagers who get killed. And he's like, nope, you know, they're, we're going to kill them and we're going to move right along. Yeah, move on and the, rest of the, the adults are going to be the focus. And that's another thing that I think is just missing. Like I, I like a movie with real adults in them, like mm-hmm. real, you know, honest adults. So. Absolutely. And it's interesting because, uh, not only do I like seeing a movie with adults in it, but, you know, this is a problem, and you and I have had this conver- variations on this conversation before, Jeff, but, uh, and obviously Bart and Jamie, because we've seen plenty of movies together, so it happens. Um, but it's this idea that I find happening more and more often. You go to see a movie in a theater, and it feels like you're in a room full of giggling children. <laughs> as soon as something, like, mature or adult happens, it's... I just, this is total side note, but we, I just watched Captain Phillips on oh, Friday. Yeah. So amazing. And then I reread your review of it, talking about that moment where he, Tom Hanks is like, what happened? Yeah, and yeah. people laughed. And I, that would have, like, I would have thrown a shoe. Like, yeah. god damn. Like, yeah. that I, is such... I was going to say, I was willing to give that one a break, though, like, is this your blood, not all of it, like, yeah. just because sometimes I feel like people need attention break. Yeah, they do. That one, sometimes it's that nervous one, laughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. and we talked about that in the moment, that people laughed at that, and, and I would kind of agreed with you that, and like... delivery is a little bit funny. Right, exactly. So, and that one, so that one, you're right, that one does feel absolutely yeah. like a tension breaker, but it comes after... The the first line where every, when all the guys get all the guys on the boat get all the when pirates get shot yeah yeah what's yeah, and he yells what's, what's happening yeah what's going yeah. on or whatever that was mm-hmm. and and the whole room the whole theater like cracked up laughing and Which, if they had waited when like I, when I saw it, three minutes there was like the perfect tension breaker for them yeah. instead they like ruined the last like ten minutes of the movie for them oh. nobody laughed when I saw it really yeah well, that's good that's, dead silence that makes me that's happy. how it should be exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, the one that I always remember that always sticks out in my head. Um, and I know exactly what you're going to say, uh, is, uh, History of Violence, which I know is a movie you don't really like. Uh, Jamie, Jamie doesn't really like it, but, um, the, the scene where, uh, she comes out, uh, is in the cheerleading outfit. Uh, and I haven't seen it. Oh, really? No. Oh, I should lend you're it to you. You're not missing anything. Yo, you're missing lots of things. It's really good. No, um, there's I've wanted a, to see it. I'll, I, I own it. I'll lend it to you. There's a there's a scene with, uh, so Viggo Mortensen and Maria Bello are, are married, and they've got a couple kids, and they're like, you know, they've been married for like many, many years, um, but they like they didn't know each other when they were younger is mm. their thing. So she does this whole thing. She literally like comes, it's their anniversary, I think, or it's his birthday, so she comes out uh 
from the bathroom, like dressed in a cheerleading outfit, and they, they, yeah, like literally her high school cheerleading outfit, and they do this whole sort of like role play thing. Like I didn't get to know you when we were in high school. Like I Mm -hmm. missed out on that version of you. So they're like kind of like making out, and it's like, oh, be quiet, my dad might hear us. Like you know, kind of fooling around, and then it just it leads into like a legit like intense like sex scene, basically. Mm -hmm. But uh, the oh, Nemo has very it. strong feelings <laughs> about cheerleader Nemo sex scene. Not like a history of violence. <laughs> but like the whole, the as soon as it got serious, as soon as like they really started, like people, the whole room just like lost really? their mind. They didn't lose it with the cheerleader outfit. I mean, well, they were already like, they were laughing, but that feels like, oh, she came out cheerleader outfit. Like that's, yeah, yeah I, you know, it's fine. But like. As soon as they started to go after each other, basically, like, they just, everyone was just giggling the whole time through, which was weird because then it happened again later in a a different sex scene they have that is a a very different emotional context to it. And well, I'm not, I'm trying not to spoil it for him who hasn't watched the movie. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I I can intuit what what we're talking about. So, so anyway. Theo Mortensen has several scenes like that in several movies. Yeah. It's it's troubling. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but you know, it's, so it's, it's nice to see, you know, not a movie just full of adults, but a movie with, you know, that feels like it's not catering to 12 years. Yeah, which is great. No, it reminds. There's this great uh, Roger Ebert line. This is a bastardization of it, but it's basically like, uh, you know, teenagers used to go to the movies to watch adults have sex, and now adults go to the movies to watch teenagers have sex. That's exactly that's right. Like, that's I think yeah, it's right on. I, I buy that um, for a dollar. For a dollar, <laughs> uh, Bartholomew, do you have uh, any any lingering uh, thoughts? Yeah, part of the Ghostbusters. Yes. The, so, so for Jamie and Bart, I mean, obviously you guys have heard, but oh, heard heard, heard the podcast. podcast but uh, our our sort of recurring feature: who is the heart of the Ghostbusters in every movie? And uh, again, the the heart of the Ghostbusters, as we have defined it, is uh, who's your beer buddy? Who's your beer? Who's the person you want to go just like go hang out with for a um, while? Okay. Um, so I think uh, I think our 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 guest panel here uh, who. Thoughts? Who, who's the person you want to hang with? Uh, yeah, Hooper. 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 Because Hooper, Hooper is funny. Hooper is smart. You, and he brought two bottles of wine. Yeah, he's considerate. He's not sure if you like red or white, so he, so he brought both. both. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's pretty much a perfect wine companion as far as you're concerned. <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's, it's got to be Hooper. I was going to say, smart as hell, but also adventurous. He's like the first one in the, in the you he's, know, scuba diving suit and in the shark cage. And he's got like syringes and crazy tools. He, and, and he's stuff. got stories. You know he's got yes. stories. So. He apparently studies in the Arctic Circle sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and he can tell you why he's mysteriously rich. Yes. That's true. He is mysteriously rich. That, it's but always like, good to hang out with a rich guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say, Brody's too serious. Mm-hmm. I left love Brody, to, though. Left to, I would hang out with Brody. Left to New York because yeah. it was too violent, but then doesn't want to be on the island because he doesn't want to go in the water. I don't know. He just doesn't strike me as very much fun. And then Quint is, like, too far in the other direction. Quint is, like, you might wind up abandoned in the middle of nowhere somewhere. Because With Quint, no radio? Because like, yes, Quint has beaten your radio with a baseball bat and then vanished off the face of the earth. And or, like, is so drunk you have to drag him back somewhere. Or he's just going to get, like, really drunk and then kind of creepy and scary. Quint would be the only one who could beat Marion in, in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark in the drinking contest. Yes, mm. I was going to say, Quint does make his own liquor. Yes. Which is exactly. always, a, always a draw. Yeah, but it's scary liquor that makes <laughs> you blind. <laughs> so. That's entirely true, especially mm. in the 70s. There were yeah, a lot of regulation uh, on that no, shit back then. No. 
Uh, it's probably what he uses to clean the shark bones. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah, wigs, just whatever's pull left. Pull a good, shot out. Good for two things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Degreasing engines and killing brain cells. Yeah, uh, Bartholomew? Hooper? Nope, Quint. Quint? See, <laughs> I, that's where I was going to go. I was going to go I knew you were. They were talking, and I'm looking right, at Daly. Yeah, he's yeah, making these faces. Yeah. That <laughs> side of the table says Hooper. This side of the table says Quint. Yeah, definitely Quint. You're more adventurous than Absolutely me. Absolutely, Quint. You want to have a drink with him once. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because is there such there thing? There is no way it wouldn't be fascinating. <laughs> it would be no, it would. Fascinating. You probably wouldn't remember it, though. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but that just makes it all <laughs> awesome. Like, it's just like, I don't even remember if there was this crazy... Like, you can't even actually go out to a bar. You meet know. some fucking guy. He's a scurvy dog. <laughs> and he's just like, he starts talking about everything. And he's... he's singing. Singing. <laughs> he's got his awesome... Sh- like... Chant with shanty? Shanty. Shanty. Sea shanty. Sea shanty. And then you remember half of this when you wake up in an alley the next day? <laughs> no, no, absolutely quaint. Absolutely quaint. Plus, you know, he gets drunk enough, he plays around with all of those, like, shark bones and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you would be having, like, shark jaw fights later <laughs> in the evening. The other thing is, I feel like, I mean, he's he's got, just, just from his backstory, what, you know, the brief backstory we get from him, he's got a nice streak. Yeah. yeah. No, he I does. Mean, he has some vulnerability. I, yeah. You never get the sense that his motivation for devoting the rest of his life to hunting sharks is vengeance. Yeah. I don't think it's vengeance. Mm. I think it's justice. Mm. Mm. Interesting. And I don't know in this case I would buy that there's a difference. Well, I think it would vengeance matter to feels the guy like who makes his own liquor. Though. Well... But he's, I mean, not, he's, he's not. He's not just to devote his to this at the expense of everything else. Well, what else is he going to do? I mean, he's, gonna, he's a fisherman. I mean, like, okay, you said Ahab, so I'm going to pull out another one of my Jaws uh, trivia shit. bits. Okay, mm. um, I'm not winning this. <laughs> Spielberg's no, this is not like to counter okay. Okay. your okay. point of view. All right. um, Spielberg's original planned intro for Quint was that they would be watching Moby Dick, like a movie theater Ooh, version of Moby Dick on with the nose. Gregory Peck. And Quint would be in the back of the room laughing and jeering at everything <laughs> so hard so wouldn't you that he go drove out with that? everyone out of the movie theater until mm. it was just yeah. him on his well, own. And that's the thing. There's something kind of great about like you want to hang out with that guy who freaks out everybody else in the <laughs> yeah. town. Like that, that his first, like when he's sitting in the town meeting and they're just like, okay, Crazy Mr. Rodney. Quint, whatever. Yeah. But I also love the what's implied by the fact that when he is first introduced, all he says is, you know who I am. You know who I am and you know how I make my living, and mm-hmm. like it's left to the audience to find out what that means. Yeah, just, yeah, the unease with which everyone greets. Yeah, him, like mm-hmm. oh jeez. And I had this year, and I had that exact moment too when he says, "You know how I make my living." I said, "Okay, so he's a fisherman. He's out mm-hmm. on the water." I just assume that means. And then when they actually cut to his, you know, his home, and it's just <laughs> shark teeth everywhere. It's like holy <laughs> shit, this is amazing. <laughs> The other way you can tell he's got a, a nice streak, or at least a, maybe a kind streak, is the way he handles the call from Brody's wife. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Which, you know, it's... It, how, how many seconds is that? Oh, like ten. ten. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, yes, he blows her off, but he doesn't completely blow her off. Yeah, yeah. He sort of puts her mind at ease briefly and then he gives up on her. the briefest uh, surface attempt to but, say but the, it's but, okay. But the fact that he does it at all, I mean, a yeah. guy like that, if he's really an asshole, is not going to bother. See, yeah. but I kind, of, I kind of interpreted that the other way, just the fact that he gets her off the line quickly and never actually gives Brody the line. Like, especially considering the jeopardy that they're in, the fact that, like, he never gives Brody the opportunity to talk to her. Like, again, I feel like he's just, he's got such 
tunnel vision on what it is he wants to do that yeah. doesn't maybe even occur to him that like maybe Brody should but that maybe also maybe did it for Brody, have a final yeah. conversation. No, I like that interpretation. Like, maybe possibly. Yeah. But I, yeah, I think that is. Be- I, th- I think it. I think it's tough in that moment where he's on the radio uh, talking to the or you know brushing off the wife, only because there's like six other things happening in that moment. You know, as opposed to Most later when Carol's. when yeah. Brody tries to call her up and he smashes the radio. Like that feels like the dick move. Like yeah. well, I'm trying just... to call my wife because shit's going wrong here. As opposed crazy. to like he doesn't need to be talking to his wife right now. He needs to be focusing on what he's doing. Yeah. But there yeah. are other moments that just made me think of when he's teaching Brody how to tie the knots and he's like. Mm-hmm. Little Leo goes down into the cave, <laughs> and like, and like, I, I love that. It's such a little moment, like, but it's. I think it speaks to him not being a complete asshole. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah, no, I'm team Team Quint. Team Quint team for Quint. sure. Oh, see, I just want to hang out with Hooper. I want to go on adventures with Hooper. Hooper. Does do awesome impressions. I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. my God, He's I want to watch him do everyone. WC you Fields just, all day. Like you could just sit in a corner with Hooper and like mock everyone and listen mm-hmm. to him laugh, and it would be amazing. And yeah, just like I drew faces. Yeah, yeah. And, then, <laughs> right. like, yeah. and like it's weird because I know that, like I said, when the movie first came out, everyone was like legitimately afraid to go in the ocean. I watch Jaws, and maybe it's just because I've always loved the water, and I've always felt super comfortable in the water, um, but I watch Jaws, and I just want to get in the water. Yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. I want to throw on an oxygen tank, and I want to be on a boat, and I want to be diving, you yeah. know, like, and I feel like that's what Hooper's reaction would be to a movie like Jaws, you know, so it's like, I just want to hang out you with are Hooper. Ho- no, you yeah. are Hooper. Yeah, you are Hooper. Exactly. Legit. I think I'm Brody. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, you do have a, you did have a fear of water for a while mm-hmm. there. So, yeah, yeah, that, that, not that a, up. not a crippling yes, no, fear, <laughs> but like fear, yeah. you know, like oh, but I'm gonna be a little tentative. It freaks you out a little bit. Yeah. Um. So so now that we've sort of dug into all these characters a little bit, um, I'll, here's oh, I was thinking about it. Um, and actually, just for the sake of argument, I'm gonna try and look it up a little bit here on on my iPad. Uh. There it is. Because uh, I was I was thinking, so obviously, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, Roy Scheider, Sequest, love mm-hmm. it, you know. And obviously, I mean, he's been in a million things. But, you know, I, I have, like, very strong, uh, you know, previous associations with Roy Scheider. And obviously, Dreyfus has been in a million things. And I love Close Encounters. Close Encounters yes. is one of my absolute favorite movies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Robert Shaw is kind of the, the outlier there for me. Um, because, I mean, he died in 78, so he mm. wasn't really making movies when I was a kid. He wasn't. No. He was quite no, dead. He, and I, yeah, he, he was, was quite dead. He was no. quite dead, exactly. <laughs> so so I feel like, you know, I don't, I think of him, I always think of him as sort of like a much a much older actor. Um, so I, I don't, I don't have a, a lot of great character, character actor. And oh, no, he's, he's wonderful. You've seen The Sting. I'm well, sure. that was going to say, The Sting is really the one movie. I mean, okay. I've seen um, From Russia with Love. Yes, uh, but and he's great in that. He's no. so fit, and he's like, it's so he's it's weird to see too, isn't he? Yeah, he's he is. It's so yeah. weird to see him in that, and then to see him in Jaws. Right, it's like seeing like early Brando and like later Brando. Yeah, you know. But and that's the thing. I, like I, I think I mean I've seen From Russia with Love, but I haven't watched it recently. Like I mm. think I. I think I watched it before I knew who Robert Shaw was. Mm. Um, see, that's one of my favorite Bond movies, so maybe I've yeah. seen it more. Well, than no, that. I mean it's one. Of, it's one of the good ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sting is a movie that I love. I yes. love, 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 love The Sting. And how could you not love Robert Shaw and his wonderful accent yes. in that movie? It's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just brilliant. He's such a good bad guy. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. He's that, And that's part of what makes him great But here. he's an interesting bad guy. He's not just like a megalomaniac. You know? yeah. There's always layers. And also, we talked 
briefly about this a long time ago, so you maybe don't remember, but he's in this great movie called The Taking of Pelham 1, 2, yes! 3. No, I've seen 1, 2, 3. Yes, yes, and it's, yes, yes the, that's right. I and the original that. movie is amazing. Yeah. Like, you need to revisit it once this is all over. because It's it, wonderful. It's I love so it. It's so good, because it, it almost, to me, it reminded me of, like, an Elmore Leonard novel, because some dire st- stuff is happening. Mm-hmm. There are real stakes, which is the thing it sh- shares with Jaws. There mm-hmm. are always real stakes in Jaws. It never feels like people are being quippy and, like, yeah, yeah, not yeah. taking it seriously. But he's a great villain in that too, and it's he's but he's kind of like he's a professional and like and it's so different to see him be more contained yeah. than in in Jaws where he's almost like a Falstaffian kind exactly, of character, yeah. you know. No, and I, I look, I love any action movie with uh, Walter Matthau as the lead. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, how could you not? So yes, uh, yeah, no, I love the original one, two, three. I totally, I you got to rewatch it. I think I, I always think of Matthau. I forget Robert Charles in that too. Yes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I mean. I guess, so I guess my, my question is, um, do you, when you think of those actors, like, is Jaws the movie that you think of? Or they're like... Not Dreyfus. Not Dreyfus. Yeah. yeah. The other two, yes, I absolutely yeah. think of Jaws, but Dreyfus I think of as being much bigger than just Jaws. And yeah. I mean, part of that is the fact that I love Dreyfus Well, so and he's much. also the only one still alive. So you, I mean, he doesn't do anything anymore, well, really, but he's still, mm-hmm. he's been doing stuff more often. That's the case for me. It's just more often. I, I love him. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so for me, he's much more than just Jaws. I've loved him in like everything I've ever seen him in. Yeah. Um, I saw American Graffiti for the first time shortly after I saw Jaws for the first time. And Mm. so having that is like a one-two punch. I I just love him. I love him. Well, and then Close Encounters. Close, like, yeah, I mean, Close Encounters. Yes, yeah. of course, obviously. Yeah. Also in this movie. Though, honestly. Class, so well, well I was, and I'm curious because he, you guys were clearly were on, you know, you guys were Team Hooper. So, like, does, but he, you know, even... Even with your I don't know Hooper if I, love, like, you I still think, think of him with other movies. I don't know if I, like... I think certain what you're getting at is certain actors crystallize with certain roles, yeah. and you just you cannot help but think yeah, of them. Yeah, and part in of that, that is role. the roles, and part of it is when you see the movie yeah, and the context absolutely. of how you see that movie. You know, Richard Dreyfuss is really for me never crystallized in a particular role, which I think is not to say anything yeah. bad about him. On the contrary, I think it shows that he's quite versatile. Yeah. you know, and, and his best roles can inhabit different kinds of characters, and exactly. that's why I don't think of him as one type of character. I don't think of him as just Hooper or just you know from American Graffiti or yep. Close Encounters. Absolutely, Mr. Holland's Opus. Mr. Holland's Opus. American president. Um, yep. I'm trying to remember now whether or not I actually saw American Graffiti or Jaws first. And for the life of me now, I can't remember. I definitely saw them both in school, and I remember which classes yeah. I saw them in. I just can't remember which class I took first. Yeah. Who gets her scoop? Hmm. Um, but I remember... Mo- feeling most like, oh my god, Richard Dreyfuss is amazing when I saw American Graffiti. Yeah. yeah. Um... I love him in that movie. Yeah. Like, I just love everything about him. Like, if I could go into a movie and, like, be best friends with a fictional character, like, yeah. I just love him in American Graffiti. Um, but I still don't even think of him as, like, American Graffiti. Like, mm-hmm. I think of him just as yeah. a talented actor who can be so many different characters. Mm-hmm. I probably think of him as Close Encounters, although I'm not going to lie. There is one, uh, it's an SNL sketch from a number of years ago. Um, and it was, and they, they, they've revisited this sort of, uh, format a number of times where it's rejected screen tests for some movie and they have all oh, with Bill Hader people. doing a lot of impressions. Yeah. Bill Hader does a lot of them. Exactly. But they, they, this was well before Bill Hader's time. Um, because I think, uh, I think Daryl Hammond is doing Richard Dreyfuss mm-hmm. and it's, it's rejected yeah. screen tests for, uh, the original star Wars 
and it's Richard Richard Dreyfus as C three PO, and he's like in a suit and he's got the mask over him and he's he's doing the I am programmed in four thousand languages and I go who is that and he takes that it's me it's Richard Dreyfus like, so I shouldn't have worn the mask. <laughs> That's what I always think of. I don't know why. It's just highly entertaining to me. Um, so well, so there there are actors uh, flipping around, uh, and Jeff, this is actually you get all the credit for this. Um, we were having this conversation uh, a couple days ago, I think, when we were watching Monuments Men of the Train, um, and we were talking about if you could only watch one Spielberg oh, yes. movie, mm-hmm. if you if you know one Desert Island scenario, you can only watch one Spielberg movie for the rest of your life. Uh, what is it? And for you, it's Jaws. It is Jaws, absolutely. And I, I mean, I, as I said to you at the time, there's very few movies of his that I don't like in some way. Even even some of the ones that, you know, I know you're less keen on, like, always. Like, it's not my favorite yeah. at all, but I, you know, it's I, I think there are worse Jamie's movies. Jamie's making love motions towards <laughs> always. another beautiful Richard. <laughs> exactly. I can't believe you didn't mention it yeah, there. I was, yeah. That's what I was waiting for you to say. Oh, I didn't want to say it oh, for you. But, but, yeah, so anyway, <laughs> I... I love him. I mean, he's one. I mean, he and Scorsese are, you know, probably my two favorite directors. And so there's, so there's a lot of competition, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And and but Jaws, I just think, as much as I respect, you know, some of the more weighty, serious movies like Lincoln and Munich and Schindler's yeah. List. Um, and as much as I love Raiders, you know, yeah. which is, I mean, is purely wonderful at an entertainment as ever was made, yeah. you know. But I just, I think Jaws just has that little bit of extra, and I think it's, it comes, for me, it comes down to those scenes like the, the scars and, you know, and the, the small yeah. moments, the finger steepling, like those, mm-hmm. all that together, I think it gives Jaws like a bit of, you know, like humanity. And, and if there's any criticism to be made of like Raiders, it's like, it's just, it's all surface and it's all fun. Yeah, it's very, yeah. it's all pulp. It's that's, all that's pulp. That's exactly yeah. what I was about to say. I was like, it's a pulp. It's, yeah. It's, and it's so, movie, yeah. so Jaws is fun, but I feel like Jaws has, you know, a little bit more. Yeah, it's got a little, it's got a depth to it that mm-hmm. Raiders definitely lacks absolutely, and but, that's what I was going to say. I mean, going, I mean, I, I, I mean, look, John, I, I'm very excited to watch this again, like many, yeah. many yeah. times. Um, I feel like this is going to be like you know, summer every. Like, I want to watch this yes, every summer. It you has know, to be your summer. Um, movie. Just like a Halloween movie, you want to watch mm-hmm. or horror movies every Halloween. Like, I feel like this is a movie I want to watch every yes. summer now. For, um, I mean, but for, like for all those reasons, but even for like reasons that at the time I couldn't even put into words necessarily. When I saw Jaws the first time, I just left being like, I couldn't even tell you why at that exact moment because I needed to like sit and process it and watch it again. But I left the theater just being like, that's one of the most amazing movies I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. entire life. Like I hadn't been so excited about a movie in ages. Yeah. And Jaws just like hits you in a certain way. And it's just amazing. And I yeah. Love it. yeah. Um, so is this, I mean, so you've only seen it the one time. Right. But. So, okay. So this is, the, this is sort of the question I want to, I want to pose to the group. So you're, you're firmly entrenched yes, in, firmly in, in Jaws. Jaws world. Jamie, you say Jaws yeah, too? And, you, and despite your love for always? <laughs> <laughs> and Hook? And Hook? Which, okay, well that's the other end of the question, which I'm going to ask in a minute. But. Here's the thing. I love Spielberg. Like, mm. I have a ridiculous, like, soft spot where Spielberg is concerned. So this is legitimately a difficult question for me, but I do think it's Jaws. Because as much as I love Spielberg, I love him as a person, I love him as a director, I love him as everything. Jaws is the one that I just, like... It, it hits you on a different level. Different. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it, seeing it meant something different. Yeah. And so I feel like it has to be Jaws. And because it really does marry the like artistic and the blockbuster yep. and mm-hmm. it's in such a gorgeous, amazing way that it's like you get the best of everything. Mm-hmm. Bartholomew? 
Um, that's a big sigh. <laughs> Because I don't have a real answer for it. So I was gonna say I have pulled up the old uh, filmography here. If you need some, if you need a, a refresher, E. T. I mean, we don't even talk I about E. T. I watched E. T. a million times. Yeah, that's a movie I watched like on repeat had, as a child. We, we, it was one of the few movies we had on VHS. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's the, true. I mean, Rick. I love Close Encounters. I mean, I I love Jurassic Park. I really do love Jurassic Park. I love yeah. Jurassic Park. I mean, I think... I love Jurassic Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, like, the, the four sort of strongest <coughs> contenders would be Raiders, E.T., Jaws, and uh, and Jurassic Park. I mean, those are probably like your you four big crowd pleasers. Like, I know it doesn't have the blockbusteriness, but I... Well, I no, and I... Look, look I, love, a, I love Saving Private Ryan, too, but those are, like... I'm going back to you, the... You... If the, so I know. <laughs> How many movies did he make? Oh, no, because now you're into archive footage. Like oh, actor, so yeah. you want us to stay in director there. Oh, all right. Uh, right. So, yeah, anything before Duel is television <laughs> stuff, basically. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, but those are the four. Saving Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan is harder because this idea of, like, I can only watch the one, it's like, after you get burned out. On yeah. Saving Private Ryan, you Which, know, it's just the same problem with Munich and Schindler's List. Exactly, and, even, and I love Amistad. Oh, I will Empire stick up for Amistad any day of Empire the week. Of the Sun is you know, and Part of the Sun, which I liked. Empire of the Sun. See, I'm not a huge fan of Amistad. See, See you know, I love Amistad. So I was thinking so. that I was looking through this I'm earlier. Not a huge fan of AI. The only I only oh, have a couple oh. of Spielberg gaps left at this point. Right, I'm um, coming down on ET right now. You're going with ET? I'm coming down on ET. I love that you're I give it up for ET. And that's the thing. And I, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but ET is. You're right. Like we owned that movie. I used to watch that movie probably like every two or three days. I mean, like I, that's one of those movies. It's like E.T. and the first Ninja Turtles movie, and I think the third, <laughs> not Secret of the Use, not yeah. Secret of the Use, and uh, the third Karate Kid movie. Like for whatever reason, I those were movies that I owned as a child, so I would watch them all the time. Like I can, if that movie's on, I can do every line of dialogue. With like every like actor's intonation, with every mm-hmm. line of dialogue as it happens. See, like, I haven't even seen ET since like since I was a kid. You didn't see the version where they all have walkie talkies. I was yes. going to say where they all have walkie talkies. Is oh my god! You're- After Lucas did his whole like oh Han didn't shoot first thing, Spielberg did a recut of ET, and for example, instead of waving guns at Ellie and ET as the bike takes off, they all have walkie talkies. But then he recanted. No, I, I, yeah, he, he, he came to his senses and but, he's like, "That was stupid. No, I'm but sorry." He also, yeah. at least, even because the version of the DVD I have, even when he was like, "Oh yeah, I gave them walkie talkies and stuff," he never took back the original. Like, yes, anytime, oh absolutely, you could get both versions on them, DVD. Like, what I have is both. Yeah, you yeah. have the old one and the new one exactly. on DVD because he, he wasn't never took it back. Insanely possessive about it. it. Yeah, he wasn't insanely possessive like Lucas was. Yeah. yeah so he 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 digitally took out all of the guns and replaced them with walkie talkies. And the other one is earlier in the movie when they're going out for Halloween. Yeah. Oh, I remember like this. The older yeah, brother. Like a terrorist. No, no, it's the older brother wants to dress like they're all going to dress like terrorists. So he's uh, they literally just like sort of dubbed over the word terrorist with hippie. Yep. So instead of oh, I didn't instead of that. all my friends are all my friends are going yeah terrorists yeah it's well we're all yeah. gonna go as hippies which is oh. like why you'd be upset about your yeah. kid dressed as a hippie makes well like, no sense. Just, when it was re released it was exactly no exactly right after 11 no no I know yeah um if I had to pick a point, I might actually pick Empire of the Sun Empire of the Sun Empire's good um so I was thinking I only have a couple of a couple of I'm not a big fan of the color purple. So I'm like look. I'm like looking. You're looking as, as I scroll. scroll yeah. yeah, I only have a couple of. Kind of 
I only have a couple or of gaps. And see, I like 1941. It's like it's insane, but how, I mean, it's hard for me to not say, love. You like the cast. Yeah, it's hard yeah. for me to not love a movie with Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. Like, yeah. I just I, that's a. I, I I'll watch Neighbors. Like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter, you know. Um, Sugarland Express, Sh- whatever. Listen, the only movies of Spielberg I haven't seen at this point are uh, Sugarland Express, The Color Purple. Um, I haven't seen all of Amistad. I think I've only seen like half of it. Oh, you- um, and then uh, I still haven't seen uh, Tintin or War or Warhorse. Oh, those I have are- not seen those two either. I and that was another two in one two. year. Yeah. yeah, I know. Tintin and Warhorse in the same year, and also War of the Worlds in Munich in the same year. Yes, too. <laughs> and Amistad and Lost World. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. which but wasn't War of the Worlds shit though. Uh, yeah. Okay, here's the thing. I, 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 I didn't see it. Yeah. I didn't see it. I thought yeah. the whole sequence with what's his face as the crazy gun nut was yeah, that. Robbins. Oh, I was going to say I like that. You like oh, that? No, I, like, I did not like yeah. that. One. It is. It is kind of a detour, but I think Tim but Robbins that, is so also, unhinged in that scene. Yeah, though. exactly. But that also and it's comes, so claustrophobic. Yeah, you know, and it comes right out of the original one too. Yeah, it does. It's like almost exact transcription. Well, and it's in the it's in the novel too. Yeah, yeah. But when you so. But I don't know. I mean, I guess in terms of like people go a little bit loony when they think the world's going to end. But it just sort of seemed like. But it just, but it just sort of seemed like it didn't have any place in the story that he was trying to tell. You know, like it didn't seem to serve. Well, yeah, no, he makes so. I mean, so I didn't really understand why it was there. It seemed like a very like strange timeout for a few minutes. I'll give you that in that the yeah like the rest of the movie is very different from the both the fifty six movie it's fifty six and the nineteen fifty six movie and the and the the novel. Um, and that scene is like almost like a word for word like lift like right just dropped yeah. right into it. Um, but the I love Catch, I love Catch Me If You Can and Minority Report. Another I don't I they were like two thousand one two thousand two, but yeah, like that close. was another one he made really close together. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh. So yeah. I mean, I Ra- Raiders is good. I I love the terminal. Um, yeah, catch. But they were two thousand two, both of them. Catch oh. me again in Minority Report. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the thing about the thing about War of the Worlds is not that it's bad. It's that uh, it's not very good. Well, he. So here's the thing: the the family element of it is a little like a little rough. Like parts of that just don't work. It's Tom Cruise and his kids. Parts of it work so beautifully. Right. Like maybe I'm just. Oddly emotional, but like that scene where the son goes to help all the people climb up the ship, yeah. like climb up the ferry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and Tom Cruise just watches him and has just such a perfect look of like, it, it's such an awful dangerous situation, but he just has this look of like, my son's like doing the right thing, like right. It's, it's hard and it's scary and I wish I could like put him in a bubble. But he's doing the right thing. And it's, I don't know, stuff like no. that. I just feel like Spielberg is so brilliant. And that's the thing about that movie. It's that, first of all, like, the, all, every sequence, like, every set piece, all the all the big action stuff, like, it all works. You know, you're never going like, oh, God, this effects look terrible. Or, like, what the fuck is happening on screen? Like, every bit of that movie, every scene of that movie, like, it, it absolutely works on screen. Um and he, the you know Cruz's little family unit also works on screen. I mean Dakota Fanning, Justin Chatwin, they're both very good. Um, I think a lot of people, I feel like a lot of people shit on Justin Chatwin back then, but I think he's great. So he's good. Yeah. yeah. So that that works. The thing that's interest, the thing that I think is interesting is I feel like the major criticism leveled against the against Spielberg's version of the movie is that the end. No, well, well, it's sort of. It's it's that basically you're 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 following this family in the middle of an alien invasion and they don't have any like active involvement 
in the alien invasion. Like, they're just sort of running around. In the like, countryside. Yeah, in the countryside. And they're not, like, involved in why the aliens are there or stopping the aliens or, like, they're just sort of, like, minor characters in this larger invasion. So it doesn't feel like they're active. They're just sort of running away the whole but movie, I you know? That, I, I love it, it's too. It's why I like Deep Impact more than Armageddon because I feel like the emotional stuff of how you would respond in this sort of situation I, I think is way that. more compelling yeah. than just the, like, let's blow stuff up kind of thing. But in the, like, actual... How would normal run-of-the-mill people respond to the fact that their world is ending? Like yeah. I find that way more interesting to watch. No, absolutely. But I, I feel like I feel like that was. Uh, I remember hearing that criticism a lot uh, when it came out. But the thing is, is that even the the George Powell film is you know the main character is a scientist who's out on the site at the first landing and like trying to you know mm. come up with a way to stop or whatever. Like he's very much engaged. But even, it's not like he's the one who brings them down. Like, the end, the aliens still die because of the flu. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's still, like, so it which almost doesn't matter. Great, which is a great ending. Exactly. I mean, I it's... Mean, props to H.G. Wells. Yeah, like, exactly, Such right? a great twer- twist, you know? <laughs> I love it. So, so smart. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, the fact that they're not involved, doesn't that he, they're not active participants in trying to bring down the aliens, always felt like, well, why, like, why does we that matter? Day, exactly. Right. Like, the, this source material, like, it wasn't important to the source again, material to begin with, so why do you think that like, There are going to be very few people who would be active in that, yeah. like you said, it's going to be, like, the people in Independence Day, like the military, but... What is so great about it is that, like, yes, they're not involved in actively trying to bring down the aliens, because, like, who can, really? Yeah. But they are trying to help people Mm -hmm. the entire time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're not completely self-involved. They're trying to help the people they meet, and they're trying to band together, and they're trying to do what they can, and that's, you know, nice to see. The the thing uh, that I will, the thing that I will always respect uh, War of the Worlds for is that Spielberg made that movie in eight months, flat. Between the day they started shooting and the day it came into theaters, eight months almost to the day. That is astounding. For a movie of that scale, it is absurd. And a big part of that is, you know, do and the fact that he can keep churning out not just two movies a year, but two like solidly incredible movies a year for multiple years is the fact that when he made Jaws, he was how old? 27. 27. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck me in the eye with a spoon. Like, are you serious? Well, and he got He's his special. ass kicked yeah. making this movie. Yes. Making Jaws, and that scarred he him. He it up in every possible way. Like, it turned out okay. Yeah. But I think if it hadn't made the money that it did... He might never have worked again. Absolutely, like, everything just or he went just so done TV horribly and, wrong. You know. No one would have ever handed him a budget and control of a film set again, except another Jaws tidbit. Yep. When it first opened, if I remember correctly, it opened in something like four hundred theaters Ooh. and still went on to become the highest grossing movie ever in wow. like four. Hundred theaters, yeah, because it was that popular when it played if all that, summer. Yeah, if that had not happened, though, no, I mm-hmm. don't think he ever would have gotten a camera in his hands again. Um, yeah, I know it's interesting because, uh, and I think I was telling you this story the other day that I was watching, um, I was watching an interview with uh, Paul Schrader, I think, oh, uh, really? and they were talking about uh, cruising. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's Schrader, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Schrader. Yeah, so uh, they were talking about cruising, and he mentioned sort of offhand that uh, at one point Steven Spielberg almost made that movie. And, like, can you imagine 
Spielberg's career <laughs> if like and that was cruising actually happened in the eighties and that had would it, this would have happened way earlier because movie was in development for a while so it probably would have been like seven around seventy five probably like right before or after Jaws like you know no matter whether it was before whether he had, had Jaws in his pocket or not like. If Steven Spielberg had made like the gay detective story, um, like that, that's a whole. Imagine the world minus Spielberg after nineteen like yeah. seventy eight. No, you know, that's insane. But right? there's so many stories like that. There's yeah. we talked about Lu- Lucas's Apocalypse Now, yep. Scorsese's Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's lots of things like yeah. that. So, but I mean, I'm just so happy that people recognized Jaws for what it was and that it went the way it did because yep. otherwise no Spielberg yeah. Um, yeah so if I have to if I have to pick one because I haven't I haven't picked one yet you came, Bart you came down on E.T. I came down on E.T. Um, I, haven't, I haven't picked one yet I, I mean I don't want to go with an easy answer I don't want to go with Raiders um, take Jurassic Park I, no, well, no you know what I'm Close prob- Encounters I'm going to go Close Encounters yeah. alright mm-hmm. um, I mean I love I love Close Encounters I think there's <laughs> um, I, it's got kind of that similar mix of you know Blockbustery mm-hmm. stuff uh, and like pure energy, like that you know, uh, Dreyfus running around the countryside, you know, mm. like that entertainment value. Exactly, mashed potato mountains. Exactly, but at the same time, like all of that fucking Truffaut running around yeah. searching with Balaban. Yeah, with Balaban. Exactly, Truffaut yeah. and Balaban wandering around with xylophones. Like, I, give me that forever, yeah. please. It's. I mean, I, I I can't get enough of that shit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'll probably I'll probably come down on uh, Close Encounters. I'll, I can, I can get on board with that. Yeah. Um. So to flip that coin around, uh, worst Spielberg movie. Um. I don't even know. I mean, worst feels like such a mystery. Well, let's, least, say, let's not say least, let's say like, least favorite, least least essential even. All right. I mean, I don't know, man. That's hard. It is. It's hard. I mean, can I see the? Yeah, the ad? My initial reaction is don't sure you don't, do this? don't beat me up, Jamie. Is is Hook, and not because I think it's terrible, but no, it just I, I'm it feels, firmly in the Hook camp. It, it feels like a to me at least. It feels like um, not even he's his least personal. I think there is some. You know, oh yeah, some sure. Stuff of him in there, but oh, I think there's a million things. That yeah, that yeah. Movie is Spielberg but you know what? It you but know it just it feels almost like um, a hired gig. Like, yeah, he was like given this. It wasn't something. It's not his like. Yes. Yeah, it's not close encounters where it's his baby. And yeah, exactly. Fostered and you know what thing, I think is you know? a large part of it, or at least you know makes it feel uh, like that Robin is Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah, it yeah. feels like. Someone said, well, we're going to make, what if Peter Pan grew up and became Robin Williams? Steven Spielberg, will you make this movie? And yeah, there's plenty of good Spielbergian stuff like throughout, mm-hmm. but it's hard not to look at it as the Robin Williams, you know, show. Mm-hmm. And th- like, that's, that's the part that I feel Every, like doesn't a, play anymore. For e- me. Everything he does, like. I'm having like a three-way tie and I don't know what to pick. And I wasn't a big fan of Always, and but but I think there's still plenty to love in Always. You are trying um, to stay married. After I mean, this I, one. That's true. I was gonna say, and you know, maybe you'll divorce me now. But I was gonna say I'm feeling a three-way tie between 1941, Sugarland Express, and The Terminal, which like I don't hate The Terminal, but if oh, we're talking, I thought you were gonna say AI. No, because there is, I think, some things of value to AI. I just don't particularly. It's love also it. more Kubrick but than I Spielberg. Feel, I feel like if mm, we're talking, it's debatable. But if we're talking but, about things that we could kick out of his, you know, filmography, filmography without yeah. missing it, I wouldn't miss the terminal. You know, yeah. like I like it just fine, but I don't feel like there's anything particularly of value there. Um, I thought 1941 was. Kind of a disaster. I thought Sugarland Express was just kind of blah. I still haven't seen Sugarland, so, so I can't. I feel I can't like I'm in one of those three. I think I think 1941 is like 
it's it's almost like a spectacular disaster. Are you guys all you crazy, know? by the way? Hmm. Crystal, Crystal Skull. Skull. Um, Crystal Skull. I don't hate well, it. Yeah, I don't either. I, I mean, like, I recognize I just, that it doesn't work, but I there's... I like it a I like, lot. That he, I like what he's going for. I just yeah. like it a lot, but I feel like there's something about, like, kicking out an Indiana Jones movie that I just, like, can't quite do. Like, even if I don't love it, it's, like, it's, it's canon now yeah. at this point, and there's nothing I can do about that, but I'm not willing to, like... It's, it it's because not, it's part of the, of the series it's, now. It's not tons better than Temple of Doom, which if you've rewatched in yeah. time recently, yeah. is not a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Jamie and I were at a friend's house for dinner last night, and we were talking about uh, Indiana Jones specifically, and I was saying, you know, my thing with my sort of defense of Crystal Skull is that uh, it, it I like that it's Indiana Jones, and in, uh, not necessarily the fact that he's older and it's like addressing him ha- being aged, but... That it's they it's a story set in the fifties. So mm-hmm. it's they're trying to do Indiana Jones in the fifties. What was going on in the fifties? It was flying saucers. It was communist men. Yeah. It was communism. Yeah. It was atomic bomb tests. Like mm-hmm. so, those are all of the elements that they are integrating, as opposed to a story set in the forties, which is all about Nazis and yep. Hitler's obsession with the occult and stuff like that. So, and I, and I said this last night, which I think I, was a good I, point. And and I well, I'm glad you think it's a good point, but I do feel like I realize I'm like you know doing the cr- little crowbar separation. separation between yes. the two and I realize there might not be any grounds for this because I know it's silly that when you think about like especially raiders and you know like we said in in you know the third one there's a freaking thousand, two thousand, two thousand year old knight yeah. Kepler guy who's still alive because he's been drinking yeah, from the wh- grail which- and it's like I realize that stuff's all silly but there's something about the fact that in Crystal Skull it really did turn out to be aliens that just really disappointed me like I feel like I was waiting the entire movie for them to come up with a slightly more practical reason than aliens. Like, I wanted it to be realistic, and then it turned out to actually be aliens. And I know it seems silly to be disappointed by that, given how the other three go yeah. down, where it's like creepy arc skeletons and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the arc melted but, a guy's face. Yes, right. and I'm <laughs> yeah. totally on board with that and not aliens. Yeah. I know feels sounds stupid to say, but I just was disappointed that there wasn't a more I understand. real world explanation yeah. for the aliens. And I understand that point because, I mean, first of all, there's a different, like, just there's a, you know, gut reaction difference to the way you feel about aliens versus, you know, occult Spiritual mysticism. Yeah, exactly. But I also... this world. Right, exactly. But I also think it's harder because at that point, like, the ratio is way off. You've had three movies that are, like, deeply, like, steeped in sort occult of. mysticism, and Aliens just, even though yeah, it's still it fantastic, it feels grounded. very different, you know? Maybe it just also felt grounded, because even though it is kind of mystic, he his goal was always to, like, put these things in a museum and, like, approach them from an academic standpoint, and then Aliens. Yeah. And it was just kind of like... A- I don't know. I think aliens are more real than some of the uh, occult. And uh, there you go. I yeah. think we're, exactly. we're getting into the science of it. I exactly. think we're, we're more likely to find aliens than we are to find a killer arc. That's, no, that's true. true. So I agree. And, and in the real world, I would believe you, and yeah. I would go with you on that. And I would be like, "Yes, aliens." Far so, in, so, so really, what you're saying is that Crystal Skull is too real. Yes, <laughs> it's too realistic, and I don't like it. Yes. <laughs> Um, did you have a Bart? Did you have a, a Crystal Skull was Crystal mine. Skull. Yours is Crystal Skull. Okay, <laughs> so you're, you're down in Crystal Skull. It's just, and it's not because of the aliens. I just didn't think it was very good. Yeah. Period. You didn't it's like me. jumping vine monkeys. The vine monkeys. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. Well, you know, there's only only so much you can do. 
Once Shia LaBeouf is fighting monkeys. Well, there's only so much you can do when George Lucas <coughs> lays down, like, this is what it has to be. <laughs> and, you know, and yeah. Spielberg's well, see, like, okay. That, that's actually my, my problem with Damn a lot of... You with with all, all the, It seems like all the Spielberg, the Spielberg movies we don't like have... Somebody have, else have involved. someone else's fault. Yeah. Either mm. Robin Williams. Someone else's finger. Uh, George Lucas. Lucas. Yeah. Or, uh, or, you know. Whoever else. Oh, whatever. Yeah. They were out of. Free. Yeah. Whatever. Oprah. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, I don't um, know. And that's, you know, and it, I'll say this much, and I don't though. I that's fair. Yeah. I mean. The Lucas, well, it's hard because he's also responsible for two really good movies with yeah, Spielberg. Yeah. Exactly. So, right. We, and, well, we don't know so, whose fault it was. Yeah. yeah. All I can tell you is that. I kind of thought it was a shitty movie, yeah. so. um, which is too bad because I really wanted it to be not shitty. Yeah, no, I, wanted I really want to like it. I, I dressed up in a fedora can't. for God's sake when I saw it. <laughs> okay, so now here's my here's my the, my question then. Uh, so the story that has been going around, or sort of the rumor, is that um, Harrison Ford essentially agreed to be in the new Star Wars movie. In reciprocity, recipro- as uh, he, reciprocity. No, so he he agreed to be in the new Star Wars movie on uh, on the condition on the condition of thank you God, I'm gonna stop welcome. fucking give me more whiskey. <laughs> stop drinking. He said, "I will be in your Star Wars movie if you will make me another Indiana Jones movie." I've heard that too. I yeah, don't I, don't know if I, I, I don't know if I. I mean, if at they, what point do you just walk away, man? Here's the thing: if they rejiggered a little so there's no Shia LaBeouf and I say that with pain in my heart because there was a while when I was like firmly in Shia LaBeouf's corner but that time has passed yeah he's literally um, in a corner yes, with a bag of myself but if they could rejigger that a little bit and if Spielberg could just do whatever Spielberg wants I actually think it could be good get Lawrence Caston like, to write the screenplay yes, again like, yes like you could still, I think, make a great Indiana Jones movie. It's just got to be think, done very Think how old Sean Connery is in Last Crusade. Yes. I mean, he's no, I mean, it's, Harrison Ford him. being old does not, yes. like, that's not I mean, the impediment. We were watching Harrison Ford on Graham Norton the other day, and he was being hilarious and yeah. just, like, on it and awesome and funny, and we've even been saying in the more recent movies we've seen with him, like, even 42, the Jackie Robinson movie, like, and Ender's he's Game, very, too. And Ender's Game, he's very present and he's on and so it's like I have no doubt that Harrison Ford could still deliver an amazing yeah. Indiana Jones performance I think you need to recast because like you had something like River Phoenix being the young Indiana Jones which is amazing was, if you haven't watched Last Crusade recently no it's great we visit so, just the first 10 minutes yes but unbelievable so it's like, I feel like if you could get someone who's legitimately talented and great to sort of like take over the reins, I'm not yeah. saying I want there to be another like seven Indiana Jones movie. Well, I'm just saying you do need a slightly younger presence well, yeah. for the physical stuff. But if you could cast that accurately, I think so, you could make an amazing movie. So that's what you're saying. Like you, you, but you don't want another two hours of 70-year-old Harrison Ford running around. You want some Harrison Ford and a young I Indiana Jones, essentially. there would be a Jones, way to bridge the two. Like, like yeah. Jeff was saying, you know, Sean Connery he wasn't wasted in those yeah. movies just because he was old. Like right. he still did some great. But do stuff. you want like, like, like? But do you want him to have like a young partner, or do you want him to there be like flashback like young Indiana Jones? Like a young partner. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you do need just a not Shia. Person. Not Shia. Okay. Anymore, let let Indy be the mentor and no, essentially. And no monkey vines. Yes. And no aliens. Yes. No. You want you want you want Harrison to be the mentor. I mean, I gotta I gotta love that he seems to give but a I shit. Want, but I want him to be present. Yeah. yeah. I want. I don't want him to be the mentor in the sense that, like, 
Like, I liked him more in 42 because he was, like, brassy and ballsy and, and doing stuff. You yeah. know, like, in Ender's Game, he's not a soldier. You know, he's not out there fighting. He's just sort of, like, a kind of menacing presence, and I wouldn't want him to be that. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's it. I mean, I, I, I love the idea that he's still excited about about these movies, mm. uh, that, that he's still into these characters, that he that it's not just like, well, I can make another one. It's like he wants to make more of these movies. Yeah. So, like, you, the fact that, I mean, he's essentially been asleep for, like, 15 years. And we, one of the movies that, uh, Jamie, one of the ones that you picked for me pretty early on was Sabrina, which I always say is sort of the beginning of sleepy Harrison Ford, <laughs> where he's just sort of, I'm going to get this paycheck, and I'm going to be well, in this movie today. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like that he seems to he he seems to have woken up and he gives a shit about the movies he's making, which is which is great. Um, I mean, the fact that he volunteered for something like Anchorman, which look, I mean, obviously someone says don't be in this Will Ferrell movie. It's gonna you know there's gonna be another Anchorman. They want you in it. You should do it. But like he, they they give him some pretty ridiculous stuff to do and he's he's down for it so that's that's great to see you know um he's gonna be in the next fucking expendables movie which i keep forgetting about i mean those movies are not good but like the fact that he's willing to go like wander off into the latvian jungle with stallone for a couple of weeks is hilarious you know um so 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 yeah i mean i, I don't i don't know i don't i mean i i would love there to be more good indiana jones i don't know i think that you know, the expiration date may have passed on that one. Well, I mean, not that I want to get into it because I feel like we need to wrap this up. We do need to wrap I'm this up. less worried for another Indiana Jones movie than I am for the Star Wars movie. Well, well, yeah, a whole but that's a whole other All right, I think we need to sing. I do. Oh, yeah, we're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna uh-huh. sing a song. Do we need the words? Yeah. First of all, uh, Jeff... Thank you for coming along, thank uh, and for thank it. you for my fabulous uh, Jaws Blu-ray. I You're tr- welcome. Treasure Happy always. Birthday. Thank you. Uh, lovely wife, thank you for joining me in uh, in podcasting adventure time, uh, and you know, Bartholomew, a hey. pleasure as always. Always a pleasure. Um, you can uh, obviously follow along at the blog, dailyscreening.com, and uh, you can follow me on the Twitters, uh, at Daily Screening. Jeff, do you have a... Do I you have a, Do you have a tweets? Do you have a tweet? Do you have a, a Twitters that people can follow I, I do, you at? it has not been uh, updated in almost three or four months, so I feel right. it's almost perfunctory, not perfunctory, it is uh, uh, pointless to... I am the lone so. tweeter at this table, so. um, and Jamie, like, has a Twitter for reading other people's tweets, and uh, that's kind of what mine is for. Yeah, yeah. but I don't, but I don't read them either. I am the lone. I am the lone tweeter. Yeah, yeah. I am the lone tweeter. Um, and obviously, uh, if you're enjoying this podcast, uh, however you may have discovered it, um, we if you didn't discover it through iTunes, hey, we're on iTunes, so you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for Daily Screening, uh, and please uh, rate us and review us and uh, say say nice things. Uh, look, if you need me to spell my name at this point, I don't know how you fucking found me in the first place. So, um, on that note, <laughs> all right, gentle friends, show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little drink about an hour ago, and it's gone right to my head. Wherever I roam. My legacy or phone. You can always hear me singing this song. Show me the way to go home. Woo!